Welcome to Stepdad Success, turning the tide on the way stepdads are seen and show up in the world. We're a new breed of leaders raising leaders. Blood or no blood, we raise them as our own. We're connected, loving, and committed to leading them into the future. If you asked a normal dad, he'd say we're doing the impossible. He'd say, but they're not yours. How do you do it? Yet every day, stepdads around the world are forging the way. That's what we call stepdad success. We're leaders raising leaders. And these are our stories. Today, this is James Klobasa from Stepdad Success with another interview with one of our stepdads today. And interesting one today, we've got Cullen Tully from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I hope they've got that right. What I do know about Cullen is he's got an awesome accent. <laughs> another one of our <laughs> guys from the States. Uh, great to have you on this morning, Cullen. Um, Mate, I'll, I'll dive straight in and I'll let you give yourself a bit of a wrap here at the start. Um, just tell us a little bit about what you do, um, where you're at, and you know a little bit obviously about your kids and you know, how life's going for you at the moment. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So, uh, yeah, as James said, Cullen Talley. Uh, I live in Baton Rouge. For those of you that aren't familiar with the geography, that's about an hour from New Orleans. Most people know where that is, so uh, about an hour down the road from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, I am uh, married to Lauren. We've been married 15 years, uh, dated two years before that, and I have uh, three daughters. I have daughters that are now soon to be 24, one that is 22, uh, both who graduated uh, college, and then a daughter who is 13. The two older ones happen to be uh, daughters that I inherited uh, as part of uh, the relationship with Lauren. I still refer to them as my daughters uh, in that based on the time and relationship that we've created over the last 17 years since we met. Uh, professionally, I uh, build and run sales organizations and business development in early stage and, and medium stage businesses, usually around uh, financial services and retail technologies that are coming to market and being able to prove whether those work. So uh, sales and business development in my background, uh, typically travel some for work and uh, work out of the house as far as office is concerned. So around a lot for the girls and the kids. Um, so that's that's a that's a bit about me as well as uh, on the side, do, do some triathlon stuff. I've knocked out a few uh, Ironmen over the years and uh, have enjoyed that and uh, still have some other passions in the endurance sports area. Yeah, I've, I've noticed you're a big kind of big into the triathlons and obviously uh, that takes up a fair bit of time too. Um, mate, I'll dive back to actually the start, and you mentioned that you guys, you and Lauren, were dating for a couple of years before kind of you, you know, you obviously got together in a serious way. Um, just run us a little bit around that, because like I always, you know, we have these conversations around set parenting, and it's always interesting that initial meeting with the kids and how they react and obviously you know we all meet it meet them at different ages you know i met my um two guys at um when they were 18 months and three years old so totally different dynamic yours were a little bit older right tell us, tell us a little bit about right. that yeah absolutely so lauren and i met through some friends and kind of hung out as friends around each other for about a year part of that was um, just where I was in life, and part of that was, you know, she had not it, it had not been that long since she had been divorced, and I knew she had two young kids, which honestly at the time was not something it was not really in my protocol or plan per se. And so we continued to know each other, and then I just, you know, decided at one point about a year after that 
initial meeting and seeing each other out through mutual friends and stuff like that uh, to ask her out. And, um, you know, interesting enough, it was like the first two weeks she had ever had not with her girls. They were back with their dad, and she did the week week on weekend, you know, every other weekend thing with their dad. But this was the first kind of two-week period. So all of a sudden we met in this very kind of uh, period of time and then and then wound up starting to date, like in the midst of that, and then have been together ever since. Uh, we, we, um, I met the girls fairly soon. So within a couple, probably a month or two, uh, interestingly enough, at the time, uh, Sammy was seven and Marky was five. Uh, and we were both having to work out at the same, uh, health club workout facility. And so we just kind of did it there, like introduced. They didn't know we were dating and so forth. So just kind of introduced at the time I was training for some stuff and had some running shorts on. So the initial feedback from, uh, my oldest, daughter Sammy to her mom when she met me is why does that guy wear such short shorts so uh that's kind of where we started from with, uh, with Sammy and, got, off, uh, got, off, got off on the wrong foot straight up yeah 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 I, can't, I don't think I've ever been so like insecure around a seven-year-old kind of checking me out up and down you know from head to toe head to toe not saying anything kind of halfway behind her mom with her eyes kind of poked out around an arm looking at me so uh Found out pretty quickly she wasn't into the running short. So uh, anyway, uh, of course, you had to get used to those over the years. But uh, that's where we started. And then Marky, uh, who was younger, five, you know, she's not uh, not met a friend anywhere in the world. And uh, just, you know, was kind of an instant connection just as long as, you know, I could provide something of entertainment or value, then that was good. So we started there. And um, it sped up fairly quickly as far as my involvement. So that's probably July. Um, you know, really through the end of that fall, uh, we um, continued to date, knew we were headed on a path. It became very clear that we were going to be together. Uh, and as that happened, it became clear to me um, what that meant. Uh, and I grew up in a household with parents who had divorced when I was 17. And I have siblings that are um, uh, 9, 10, and 17 years younger than me. So I saw it from you know, near adult to kind of younger to baby and kind of how that played out for them. So I had a lot of compassion for that um, and just felt like that was, um, you know, important for me to be very clear with the girls. Um, we we can talk more about it. We had a lot of stress with Lauren's ex, and it created a lot of issues for us to deal with um, that we had to navigate both in terms of Lauren and I's relationship as well as the girls. Sure, sure. Um, and... Like, apart from the short shorts, how do you think they kind of responded to having someone new around? And, you know, it's a, you kind of always, like, from my point of view, the, you know, the young, younger kids, they seem to be very flexible in that situation and normally don't kind of rebel. It's more as you get into the teens that they push back. Did you find any of that or was it kind of fairly amicable straight up or with the kids? No, so so here's what I would say is that um, Sammy, our oldest, really carried a lot of the stress. So Lauren and her ex's divorce was was painful and difficult and um, dr- fairly dramatic um, as it relates to you know there was a there was a long history of kind of emotional abuse and eventually some physical at the end and just a lot of noise and then there was a lot of anger and stuff and so. Sammy, as the oldest, really carried a lot of that tension between the two. So, you know, literally drop-offs handled at public locations, you know, police having to be involved to get kids when they're supposed to be dropped off at the right time, you know, in in and out of court. So just a lot of 
stress. And so I think for Sammy, there was just in general this um, challenge around, you know, kind of loyalty. And as a seven-year-old, I mean, she loved her dad. She loved her mom, you know, and wanted, you know, the, the, them to be able to work and all that kind of stuff. So when I showed up, she was always kind of, there was always this kind of reservation. And that lasted until actually, I would say, until Lauren and I had um, Riley Reed, our youngest daughter. Uh, and then I think her, she started to see, we had spent enough time together and I made lots and lots of investments in them at this point. But she also, I think, started to see me more as a dad versus just her mom's husband. So that was the case with Sammy. And, and um, in fact, when we brought them to dinner, when, I, when we were to tell them that I had proposed to Lauren, we were sitting in this nice restaurant, we brought them to this place, and they get to make their own pizzas in this really cool spot. Uh, we, we're about to tell them Sammy's about to take a bite. We tell them we're engaged. Sammy drops her pizza and runs immediately to the bathroom. So uh, that's kind of how that was, you know, we were dated for about 18 months. But there was, I think for her, there was more challenge just because of the stress of that divorce and then yeah, her, right. like, trying to feel like, which team do I pick, you know, which was not, yeah. which there were some dynamics that kind of created that. For Marky, younger one, she's kind of always been go with the flow, easy, chill, you know, however, however that needs to happen uh, and has been that since she was a child and just kind of wherever she is, she is, and she's kind of present to that. And if she's over at dad, she's at dad. If she's with mom and Colin, she's with mom and Colin, and she really didn't carry kind of the stress of that. So it was very different even though they're only about 20 months apart. Sure, sure. Do the, um, like, at the time you said they were spending time with their dad, do they still do that? Is that still that relationship still there and what's the dynamic now between even you guys and, and him? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, you know, until they got out of their teens and kind of into high school, they did uh, every other weekend with their dad. So we had him for about 10 days and he had him for three or so. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of noise about in court about whether that needed to change or not. And, and, and um, we kind of worked through that at one point and got that clarified and set in stone because that was part of the problem and created some stress. And one of the tactics that I wanted to decide that we needed to use was anything that left was left to be argued against needed to be settled once and for all so that so it just eliminated the question uh, because yep. there was so much angst that I needed to have that settled. And so, you know, very specific about some tactics, not win or lose, but just settle. Let's get clear, right? So I went through a number of those things. So. They remained in relationship, um, you know, have a, a relationship with their dad to this day uh, as young adults. Um, here, my assessment is, and I think they would echo this the same way, um, not that he'd probably want to hear that, but, you know, they appreciate the fact that they're his dad, but when it comes down to uh, their dad, when it comes down to, you know, questions about life, decisions about classes when they were both in college, they both finished college now, decisions about, you know, work, decisions about, uh, relationship, those kinds of things. This is where, you know, my investment day after day, day after day, day after day, um, has become more that guiding force and something that I'm deeply proud of and, and so appreciative of their, um, desire to have my input in their lives to this day. And it's very different now as young adults because I'm like, hey, here are my thoughts, but guess what? you get to the side, you know, so it's a wonderful yeah. experience, but that only comes on the heels of a hundred thousand decisions and efforts and days and things over the last uh, 17 years. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, just in talking to you, I kind of get the, the feeling that you came from a, 
fairly stable background. What was that like? I know you said that your parents divorced, but what was it like bringing, you know, as you arrived? So it's funny that you say that because I've worked really hard to create stability in my life as an individual and certainly in our family's life. I did not come from a stable environment. Um, uh, my parents were fairly young when they had me, not necessarily at the time, but at the time, you know, my, got, I think my mom was like 18 and I got married 19. She had me and and uh dad was like I guess twenty four so um their marriage was always challenged um and uh problematic and poor uh, communication a lot of just a lot of chaos and noise physically emotionally uh that I grew up in uh and then that continued and then my brother and sister were born to my parents when I was nine and then when I was ten. So at that point, basically, you know, they had toddler, they had infants and toddlers to take care of. So I just kind of handled stuff on my own. And so, you know, I really kind of took over my own life at about 10, 11 years old, even though I lived in a house with my parents and, you know, we were fine financially and all that kind of stuff as it relates to kind of structure and those kinds of things. It was all on me. I decided what I was going to do school-wise, what I was going to do sports-wise, when I was going to go here, when I was going to go there. There were basically no real rules. I just kind of set it up. And then as a young adult, you know, I kind of overreacted to some of that chaos and really needed a lot of structure. Um, so I've relaxed from some of that now on, a, on the interpersonal level. Uh, but you're right. I do have a lot of structure, a lot of stability in and around me. I've built that in myself and then created that in my home. But that is actually because I grew up with none of it. Right. I was going to say, did you have any, like, was there a role model there that was leading you at the start or was it just the fact that you had to kind of thing that, Kind of, because you obviously got solid values and stuff, and I can, you know, you're obviously passing those down to your kids if they're coming to you for answers and that sort of thing. You know, did you have that role model early on, or was that just something that it was like forced, you know, just because of the situation? Yeah, so it's funny because there's some, there were some deep like value things that did come from my parents around just connection to spirituality, and not in the sense that. But we did go to church and stuff like that, but there were, it was deeper than that, right? There were some things about that. There's some things about um, sharing and respect that came through. So even in the midst of that chaos, there were some basic fundamentals as it relates to hard work. Even though my dad didn't work, there was still my, my mom kind of did what they worked in the house. But there, it's interesting because my brothers and sisters, we all have kind of some of these common themes, and we all grew up in this environment that it, it doesn't seem like my life. My wife always laughs because she's like. I do not understand how this came out of that. And I'm like, I know, like, there was a lot of noise on top, but there was a couple of key things um, that did certainly come through as gifts from my parents um, that I appreciate uh, from them. As far as any particular role models, no, there really wasn't for me. I mean, I was in, I think, in this part of being in endurance sports for me early on to swimming and running. There was a little bit from the coaches, but there was something about that in, in those sports that required so much training so often. There's a lot of repetition, and so I think that just got ingrained in who I was starting as a nine-year-old, and I started swimming competitively, and so I think that just formed me in a way, and it gave me some boundaries. Um, there was a Christian youth group I was a part of, so I wanted to be associated with some groups, but role models didn't really show up for me until I was kind of 18, out of the house, in college, and I started kind of linking myself um, to men who I felt like uh, were good mentors and could kind of backfill for the lack of guidance from my father. Mm, right, right. Tell me, like, your daughters are obviously a lot older now, and you said that they, they do come to you, you know, for those kind of bigger questions. Um, 
I actually, you know, in the conversations that I'm having with other uh, stepdads, I feel that that's a, it's almost a common trait or a common kind of thing that's happening across the board. Like there's, it always seems that the, the kids resonate almost more so with their stepdads. Um, not because, you know, I'm not saying, you know, the, their dad, their original dads aren't good or whatever, you know, like everyone comes in different situations. But what do you think that's, I mean, you said that that's from, you know, making lots of kind of effort and daily deposits and doing the work, you know, just as far as communication. But, um, like, what do you see is behind that? Like, do you, like, what do you, what's right at the core of that? You talked about loyalty earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just think that there is, I mean, for 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 my girls, it's just when they look at the results their dad's created in his life, it's hard to go ask the questions. And it's not that he's bad or terrible. It's just been this kind of constant, you know, in this same, you know, financially challenged, um, you know, not, you know, really making some efforts, making some pretty strange decisions as it relates to relationships and um, how some of those things have gone down. And so for, for them, it's, it's, I think, I think it's kind of looking at that. um, And then it's also just been the level of um, accountability that I've required and um, the way in which we, you know, enjoy life together. Cause we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of things. They see the sacrifices that I've made for them very clearly but also hold them to a high standard. Uh, and ultimately, I think the thing for us in, in our home is that I think if you ask both of them, and at some point, if that makes sense, we can put them on the phone but uh, <laughs> on another time. But, but you know, I think the thing for them is once uh, Lauren and I had Riley Reed and now I f- officially have my daughter, did anything change? And it didn't. And to this day and everything that I do, whether that's time, attention, money, whatever, I don't they are the same to me as Riley Reed is. Now, they're different people. They're different ages. I didn't get them from the time they were a baby. So there are differences. But as it relates to my investment in them, my love for them, my, the way I value them, they are equal to me, to the daughter that happens to share my DNA. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, that's – and just talking around that whole situation, there, um, or that whole conversation there, um, like the tagline of this podcast is actually leaders raising leaders, and that's kind of what I'm picking up. You know, you're you're instilling those good values, and it sounds like your girls are kind of growing up. You know, on the on the right side of the you know or the or the good side of life. Um, how are they How are they going in life? How are they? You know, what do you what do you see them being? And you know, are they kind of growing up to what you kind of expected? Man, we are so, I mean, it's so cool now because, you know, you worry and you wonder and you worry and you wonder. And it's certainly, we're certainly not in a perfect situation. But um, both girls have finished college now and graduated and done so with high marks, which is great. Um, They both continue to be very engaged with the family. Like when I was there, I didn't give a rat ass about hanging out with my family, even though I had younger brothers. I mean, I did. But, like, the idea that they're looking to figure out when we're going on vacation, you know, just us and don't always have to have friends and stuff like that. So just a, just a level of desire to be a part of our life is fantastic. 
um, for them in their lives, you know, we're really going through this transitional phase. And I think it's been interesting for them because, you know, I am a strong personality. I, I you know, fairly often have an opinion that I'm willing to share if people are interested in it. <laughs> and there's just been this process that we've gone through where I'm like, on a lot of the questions they have, I'm like, nah, I, I, I don't have the answer. Here are my thoughts and here are some things you could try. Uh, and ultimately, it's up to you. Um, you know, it's your life to decide. And so they're both working. Um, they both have, have just recently, um, the oldest one has had, had lived away for a while and then moved back to where we are and has, has recently got another job and is following some passions. And she and I went through a process about six months ago um, that I kind of coined Design Your Life as part of a, a quarterly target that I set up because she was really kind of frustrated and, and um, had a lot of anxiety about, being able to do, you know, what she wants to do. She's a competitive barrel racer, so uh, rides horses and in, in, in rodeo, uh, for those that are familiar with it, and was trying to figure out a way to – she basically had decided, well, I can't do it anymore because I have to go to work. And I'm like, so we went through this whole process of, like, what would your life look like if you could have it any way? So quit with all the limitations. And so I went through kind of three or four lunches, took some notes, fed them back to her, talked to the, the, the possibilities, the emotion, and we kind of designed it out. So I think that really kind of opened up some things for her. And so she's really starting to create some of that before because she still kind of operated in the past with some of the, the limitations of, I think, some of what she took as a, an earlier child. And so there's been some unwrapping of that to say, hey, this is now your life. You can create however you fit. But she, she needs some help kind of seeing life through that lens. So we did some work on that um, for sure. And, it, you know, that's still in process. Um, and okay. then um, – yeah, and then with Mark in my middle one, she just kind of really redefined herself, just took on a new role um, inside of an organization, has just taken off with it. And I'm a little bit like, hey, congratulations, I'll I'll answer questions when you need to, and I'm just going to kind of get out of the way, and I'm just going to celebrate what you created <laughs> for yourself. You know? Yeah, awesome, awesome. It's it's amazing watching them grow and how they change. And you know, as I said, my boys are only 8 and 10 at the moment, but... Um, even just watching them come from you know, 18 months and three years, there's so much change and it happens so quickly, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Um, it does. Tell me, like, you know, you, you've obviously had some great times and it sounds like, you know, relationships are really awesome. Everything sounds very tight in the family. What's been the toughest times? Um, the toughest probably collectively with both of them would be um the early stages of our marriage when um Lauren's ex was, you know, coming after her, me, us, and just being so full of rage and anger, uh, and then trying not to let it out and just there were times where, you know, you try not to say what you don't want to say and you say it anyway. And you're just so um just because of the way he operated and the way he treated Lauren and and uh you know I did the best I could under the circumstances um and I think that was some of the toughest times because I knew it was hard for them um and uh but it just it just was it was so overwhelming I just used to used to have these feelings and we'd have to go to court stuff like that where I would just like I felt like somebody had dropped like liquid mercury in the back of my skull and it would run through my jaw and into my into my shoulders and down my arms and I just it just was the most um 
basic male instinct, you know, I've ever had. And, sure. um, you know, so, some of that was stuff that I, that I needed to work on inside me and some of that, you know, was earned. But I think that was some of the tougher times it, it kind of in general because it, it put too much uh, on them. And, and they didn't really respond too, too much, but I, I, I know that was tough. Um, and then I think, too, um, we had some decisions around school and extracurriculars where we were trying to navigate. So everything tough for us was when we got into these um, scenarios um, about, you know, making choices and then it getting wrapped around kind of this tripod. Lauren and I were very, very aligned on, on most things, I and mean, that's one of the biggest gifts she gave me as a stepfather for sure compared to what I've seen other people go through um, where there's kind of this distance um, created or this sub-level of parenting. Uh, but, you know, anytime we got into this kind of tripod between us and their dad, I think those are those are probably the, the themes that were probably the toughest. Mm, sure. It's um, it's interesting. Like, do you have any connection with him now? Like, Or is it all kind of squared away? So we haven't really, more... we haven't. You know, you know, I made some attempts early on. I wrote letters. You know, I tried to do, I tried to solve it, but those went to no, basically nowhere. When we, um, you know, when we were even trying to buy a vehicle for the oldest one the first time, there was a bunch of noise around that. And finally, I just said, "Listen, I'll do it." And basically, it was it was it was hard for me to put the sword down, you know. And yeah. uh, but for my love of those girls, you know, I've, I've, it took a lot to do it. Uh, but no, we don't have any contact. I mean, literally we were at a, a college graduation probably six, eight months ago and we don't speak. We don't acknowledge each other. Um, it's not, we, we can stand before we didn't even stand within 50 feet of one another and stuff like that. It was literally just a polar, almost like putting two magnets together that aren't supposed to go together. Um, sure, sure. and, uh, but now like we don't, and there's, there's a dynamic with his mom. It's, it's not helpful either, but, um, but, we no, we don't have any contact, and uh, you know haven't had any while. The last contact I had with him was we um, there were some medical bills that were due a couple of years ago, and I just said send him an invoice. He never responded. I sent him an email, and then I just said, hey, you know, you know this is due, and basically he said I don't have it, and I just wrote back. You know, the least you can do is just say thank you. I said I don't mind, Kate, but at least you can acknowledge, and he just wrote back thank you on text. Um, which mm-hmm. I took kind of as a smart-ass reply, but that's that's the last contact you and I've had, and that's probably been three or four years ago. Yeah, right, right. Um, shifting gears a little bit, tell me about you, Colin. Like, how do you feel about being a dad to two awesome kids? I mean, and you, you don't know that going into the situation, but um, how do you no. how did you feel at the start, and how's that shifted over the years? So at the start, I felt like, they didn't get a choice, so it was my responsibility um, to be as committed to them as I possibly could. Um, you know, they didn't get a choice with me. Um, I knew there was a lot of upset from what they had gone through and seen as kids. Uh, I knew there was tension, and so, you know, what I believed to be true was, again, when I married Lauren, I married them. We gave them rings. Uh, and it was important that they understood that my commitment was to them as well as her. Uh, and yep. so that was super foundational to me is the way that I looked at this, um, just because I had seen it go other ways, um, before in my own family with my mom, with my wife, with my mom's second husband and how that kind of worked out for my, my brother and sister who were 
full uh, brother sister yeah so over time you know it, it's it's a lot of work man it's a lot of work <laughs> and uh it is a lot of effort and 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 it's the way i describe it to some people now is it's a thankless job early uh, but that's the job you chose because again the kids didn't choose you and so it's a it's a job that you don't know it's an investment you don't know is going to pay off and so again it's one of the true joys of my life that I have the relationship I do with Sammy Market today because of the investment that I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out and we could have gotten to this point as they're adults and they could have just said see you later you know I don't have to deal with you anymore peace yeah. out I didn't expect that to happen but you just you just don't know. And I didn't know, I did not see that these relationships with them as young adults would blossom into what it is now and bring me so much joy and so much fulfillment. Um, so it's great being the dad of three awesome girls, and it's great to have two of them, you know, happen to be inherited in the process of getting married, doing so well, and have such a great relationship with, and have their support and help them with their younger sister and that dynamic going so well, and then seeing the three of them connected as one family unit and not as separate. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's where I started and that's where I feel like we are now as far as, you know, me inside of this experience. But it's, I've said before, I, and I don't mean this in the, I'm so grateful that I had it in my life. I can tell you if something changed, like I always said, something happened to the Lord or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know that I would have the strength to do it again, knowing how much it takes. Like I, I, I and sometimes people misinterpret that, but it is, I'm so glad I did it. I don't know that I could do it again. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I hear it as a common theme as well in these conversations that you know it's a bit of a thankless job early on, and I understand that. You know, like going through it myself. You know, I'm seven years in. Um, you know, for the first few years there, I kind of wondered, well, you know, why am I even here? Like, what's you know, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm like the the odd wheel out, you know, and I'm the yeah. fourth wheel, fourth wheel on a you know. On a three-wheel cycle, um, tricycle, you know, I I fully understand that. It's, but I'm starting to see the results now, and just you know, like you say, you talk about the kids coming to you for advice and stuff. It's actually really a it's a, it's a really nice feeling when you can sit down with your kids and have a conversation, and um, and there's you know, it's kind of like that's the reward of you know, three, four years of work, um, just being able to have that real connection with them. Yeah, for sure. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling, you know. And in some ways, I, it's, I don't say it's better. I mean, in some ways, I guess it's better is probably not the right word. But like with, with, with Riley Reed, our youngest, like I, I expect that from her, I guess, because she's mine. She didn't have a choice or whatever. Yeah, right. That's not actually true. But you know what I'm saying? But there's some kind of inherent, like, component to that but when you get it given freely from someone who doesn't necessarily have to because they're not you know related to you man talk about a gift yeah yeah you might have to watch that young one she might be the one that rebels (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah true that it's yeah it's it's interesting how and i was just gonna say like how's the dynamic i'm sure it's it's probably a good one, but how's the dynamic between the kids, you know, the youngest to the two older, older girls? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it really is good now. I mean, there's, I mean, there's the difference in age. So the fact that the um, older two are whatever, I guess seven and nine years older. So there's a little bit more of big sister coaching from them down. 
But then, you know, there is that rebellious factor from Riley Reed back to like, I know what I know what I want to do. But there's a good relationship that continues to build across the three of them. And, um, but early on, I mean, there was some like, I'm sure there was some kind of trepidation. We laughed because, um, the only time I ever spanked Marky, the middle one, was after we brought Riley Reed home from uh, the hospital after she was born. She had this little ornament that got painted on the gourd. I don't know if you if you know what those are, but um, this little Santa Claus gourd thing. And all of a sudden, we saw these these marks in the back of it. And then we figured out Marky had basically taken this ornament that had been given to Riley Reed as a baby and pu- pushed her finger into it. So there was there was a little bit of acting <laughs> out we had. Uh, early on and then Sammy had to fit at like one of the birthday parties like early on when and uh you know we, we make we laugh about it because her her punishment she was throwing a bunch of stuff in her room and just kind of acting out which we kind of figured out later had to do more with you know attention to the younger sibling and so I made her pack up everything in the room uh, and put it in the attic and so her room looked like the Hampton Inn for about a week <laughs> and uh so we had a little bit of noise uh up front uh, but really, uh, that didn't last for very long, and and now they just all act like sisters and love each other and get get aggravated with each other and laugh and fight and you know borrow clothes and you know do all the great things sisters do. So um, you know, very very good relationship between them, and also one to one, right? So like not just as a group, but also each one with the other. So that's um, you know awesome as well, a great sign. Yeah, it's nice. Kids seem so flexible. You know, they just they just get along. They, you know, they they kind of must look at us and go, "Why are you guys always jumping up and down about things?" You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me, what's you know? I mean, there's there's lots of different dynamics going on. There's lots of things obviously happened over the years. What's the biggest thing that you've kind of had to let go of to not so much keep the peace or anything, but just just deal with the the situation, the the dynamics of everything. Yeah, so um, my own desire for them to make a specific choice that I thought was best, um, whether that be um, which high school they went to or, um, you know, situation about, you know, what car got purchased. I know those are great examples. But it's, just, it's more around the um, – ability for me to kind of step back, especially as I got a little bit older, maybe not where they're what I would consider young adult in college and like, hey, now you get you get to start to do things on your own. But, you know, kind of that middle ground for me of, you know, I was very structured, had a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, you know, clarity in their life about how things operated and how what our expectations were um, as a family unit. But then and then having to let go and be like, okay, um, time for you to make whatever choice you're going to make and live with the consequences of that, even when I could see potential breakdown. And I wasn't always right, for sure, uh, but kind of letting them, you know, stub their toe and go through that, whether that's relationships, um, you know, both friends and, you know, kind of romantic as boys starting to show up in the picture. Um, so those kinds of things. And I think um, just stepping back and saying, you know what, it's uh, – not my it's not my life it's my job to support and love and provide but i can't make the choice for them and so um shifting you know that middle ground between like i'm clear about it now uh, it's very clear based on their age and what they've done and stuff like that but there's a middle ground in there that's it's tough um to kind of navigate and then knowing early on when to really push 
um, to create these standards because I guess I kind of forget about that since it's been so long because, listen, we were not, we were the, we were the boring house. We were the bedtime house. We were the brush your teeth house. We were the, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot sure. of, yeah. like, you got to do your homework before you do this. You can't have yeah. that. I mean, there's just a lot of that. And, you know, then it was kind of, you know, amusement park, you know, do whatever, no rules. And then, so, so having to stay committed to those things, you know, uh, was hard, you know, when like, it's like, the, you know, the other side of it. You kind of want to get sucked into that. Oh, we're fun too. Oh, we don't, we can be loose too. When you know yeah. the core, there's got to be some, some structure there to, to create the life that, that they're going to want. But man, 17 years in, it looks really clear. <laughs> Two years in, not so much. <laughs> um, how, how are you handling them getting older and, well, almost you know, at the stage are you going to be moving on and how does that feel for you? Uh, it's very satisfying. Um, I'm very proud of who they are. Um, I'm excited that they want to be with us as much as they do, so we, we still see them a lot. They're around a lot. Um, and I'm excited for them. You know, I'm excited for what they've created for themselves. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for them about, you know, life and relationship. I think, I think the biggest thing that I worry about for them right now is kind of choosing, you know, we've all been through relationships that didn't, didn't work out well, but like now, like at their age, I start thinking about, you know, well, crap, I was already divorced at this point. I started thinking about some of the things that I couldn't see. And so the, I think the thing I, I worry about the most for them is kind of, choosing the right partner to spend to invest time with because it's like every every guy they date now i'm kind of like well this could be this could be the one this could be the husband so i worry about yeah. that more um uh, because of their age because it's you know 22 and 24 that's a real possibility you know so um yeah. that kind of creeps you, up on me i don't you, know if i went off question but that no no <laughs> do, you, do you have much input into the into that like i, I mean of course you're not going to be telling them who to who to date and whatever but you know, do you have much input if you do see someone, you know, walking up with a garden path that you know <laughs> is probably not a good fit? Yeah, you because know, these are these are the things that we have to navigate, and it's like, ooh, you know, like how far do you go in that conversation? Yeah, I have. It's interesting. It's surprising how how not not how how little I give. Um, they always want us to to meet somebody and stuff like that, which is great. They're always interested in what, you know, um, Lauren thinks or what I think. Lauren's always like, oh, he seems super nice. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm, I just I just want to see greatness for them and, and uh, not perfection, but greatness and, and good, solid men. And, um, sure. you know, it's hard to read some of these guys. But so I don't say too much. I mean, part of it is they were away for school. You know, one was two hours away, one was an hour away at school. So you don't necessarily know what's going on there 100%. Um, and now it's more, I mean, I'll answer the question when asked. Um, yeah. But it's a little bit like more just reinforcing the values that I see in great men and in great relationships and then encouraging them to look and see if that's there. Because it's really not fair for me to project on these guys because I don't know them and they're nervous when they meet me sometimes or not nervous. Or, and so it's like, um, so I don't go too far. I really don't. And it's interesting that you asked the question because it, I, if I was stepping out of me, looking at me, I would think I would be more engaged with kind of right, wrong, good, bad. And it's more of an invitation to think about the things that, um, that, you know, have made, 
you know, their mom and I's relationship great and what's created the men that they respect, you know, what's created them. So more of a kind of that inventory than specific to a guy because I just, I just don't know. Um, and um, so I don't give that much input until they really ask. And I'll, then I'll just share what I see and I'll cast that to say, here's what I see based on the time we've spent, which is oftentimes not near as much as the time they spent. So here are the things that seem okay. Here are the things that concern me. And I could be totally off because, you know, young adult men have a way of being able to hide certain characteristics or push other ones forward. So this is my initial read, but I don't know that it's accurate. Mm, sure. Yeah, it's interesting. And I asked the question, obviously, because I'm kind of headed into that. But I, I think the <laughs> probably the bigger picture, and you know, two boys, it's a totally different kettle of fish. Um, but it's, yeah, probably, again, about instilling good values. I mean, we had our eight-year-old just a couple of days ago bring home a, a note from a girl that, you know, it was like, I love you, you know. Uh, I guess from, from my point of view, it was like, okay, how do you, how do you feel about that? And it was a bit, you know, obviously at you know, that age, they're giggling and stuff, but it was like, what are you going to do about that? And he was like, well, uh, I don't know. I was like, well, do you think you should write a one back? Yeah. So he ended up writing a thank you note, which I thought was quite nice. And I, I mean, you kind mm-hmm. of got to, you've got to, I think instill those, those little, even if it's a little bit of, your own kind of way of being um, along the way. And it started early. That's what I kind of thought. But, uh, yeah, I just had to ask that question because it's interesting, you know, going forward, the boys are going to get older and, you know, start bringing girls home. It'll be a totally different yeah. conversation. But, yeah, uh, but same yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, and you'll want them to be in relationship with somebody that's, you know, going to fit. And that's the other thing that's so crazy, man. It's like I think about, crap, do I want this guy around, like, for the next decade or the rest of my life or whatever like that, you know, because, I mean, that's, again, a part of the reality. Do I want this, you know, person as part of our expanded family and and, uh, because we are as close and and are they going to put this this at risk? And we, we, you know, we we had that at one point with um, one of the long-term boyfriends where it created a lot of tension and uh, in the family and it just wasn't a connection and didn't think he was a great dude, um, at least, and we didn't think they were great together. And it took a lot of self-control to not be like, you need to ditch the, you know, the D-bag and move on. Uh, yeah. And, you know, just let letting her go through her process, you know. Again, yeah, instilling good values from the start. At, um, I mean, you've obviously put in the work, so it's they, I'm sure, you know, it may have, may have been a little bit tricky at the time, but, you know, down the track, I'm sure she'd look back on that and go, yeah, just, thank you. Yeah, because yeah, that just ended about a year ago, and it was, you know, a year and a half of that. And so, like, yeah, I mean, huh, that was that was a tough one. So mm-hmm. uh, for both Lauren and I, for sure, tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Colin, I'll, I'll wrap this up shortly, mate. It's It's been awesome. But um, I just wanted to ask, what's your kind of your one big tip or your parting kind of thought for listeners out there, you know, stepdads is obviously, you know, dealing with all ages, um, boys and girls and all sorts of things. What's one piece of wisdom you'd probably want to pass on? Yeah, so I would say, you know, your stepkids didn't choose um, to have you. uh, And so you are um, required, in my point of view, 
to operate from a place that your commitment to their mom uh, encompasses them. Now, it is separate in that they're separate individuals, but um, when you chose to marry somebody with kids, you chose to marry them as well. And I don't mean that in, uh, you know, some kind of fruity tooty sense. I mean that in that you are committed to and bonded to and connected with regardless of how they respond to you, regardless of their feedback to you, regardless. doesn't mean they can be holy terrors, but it does mean that you have to show up that way. And if you expect to have, you know, a long-term and fruitful relationship with them, that's the way you have to show up and you're going to have to do it when it isn't great and it isn't fun. Um, and so that's kind of a heavy, serious piece. The other is I would just say, man, have fun with them. I mean, really, truthfully, um, do fun things, even as they get older. I mean, we have been known to have, you know, wet sponge wars in the middle of our kitchen. We <laughs> throw people in pools. We play crazy music. We, um, you know, have been known to do all kinds of stuff. We, you know, uh, you know, travel and go to the beach together and go get ice cream. And I mean, just like so simple things, even as they're young adults, um, where they can have fun and, and make you know, our home, a place that they want to be in and want to be in with their friends. Uh, and that comes from love and it also comes from fun. And so, you know, I can be as silly and as goofy and as crazy with them and have a ball. And that's created a relationship that now that they want that silly and crazy when they bring their friends with us, even as young adults. So like now, like we're kind of can be the cool parents too, you know, and so like the friends want to come and I'll stay before they go to a concert or whatever else. So, um, you know, I would say, one, it is the depth of commitment that they did not choose you, and so show up like they deserve to be treated as human beings and didn't get to choose you, yet you have a substantial role in their life, and secondarily, have fun with them and continue to have fun with them, be silly, and uh, enjoy uh, the, them as children regardless of their age. That's awesome, Colin. That's so awesome. It's, I mean, it's been mentioned a couple of times, but it's always a great reminder because um, it's always so easy to kind of put on that, that sterner face to to kind of you know have things run smoothly but yeah just i think it goes a long way to be able to have fun with your kids even into a later age group so appreciate that mate appreciate it thanks very much for joining us on the call colin um great to have you and i'm sure we'll catch up again soon thanks again would you like to learn more about how stepdads across the globe are joining forces in raising the next generation of leaders then head to www.stepdadsuccess.com and grab all the show notes plus a copy of the brand new tactical guide for creating more happiness, health, wealth and wisdom as a stepdad. And if you liked the podcast, please share it with other stepdads you know and leave us a review on iTunes. Again, that's www.stepdadsuccess.com for all the show notes and tactical guide. Come and join the new breed of stepdads, the growing group of leaders raising leaders.